It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! What's up, Aggie fans and Cougar fans? It's time for a crossover edition of the Hive Sports Podcast. Um, every Monday we have Cause Monday and then uh, for the BYU and then every Tuesday the, the Big Blues Day for the Aggies. But, but it's, it's game day. We're, we're, we're ready for a crossover um, for, for, for both teams as we battle for the wagon wheel. Uh, I'm your host, Dan, um, Aggie fan Dan on, on Twitter. But, um, and then I have our, our Cause Monday host Jake Sorensen how are you doing Jake doing great Dan thanks for having me on and stoked to do this again yeah and, and we are not alone right we, we got uh, uh, another panel like we did with the Holy Warriors so so why don't we Tons just go fans. down um, start with the Aggies and we'll, we'll in, I'll introduce ourselves and then get to debating <laughs> about this this matchup one one so. quick note we do have tanner again on with us hanging out moderating for us today so thank oh, you, you tanner, can, yeah martin you fan but yeah let's 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 do this byu fans i'll start out just since um i mean byu is one most recently so i'm jake obviously jake sorensen at jakersor 21 on twitter um i host cause monday with dan and i've been a byu fan since a little kid so i, I used to watch games in island park idaho on a little tv set and that kind of uh, just grew my love for BYU football and really, really excited to, to be able to talk with all of you guys tonight, BYU and uh, Utah State fans. But how about we go with Isaac next? Isaac, you down to, to give us a little bit of background on yourself and how you became a fan? What's up, guys? Um, yeah, Isaac Wood, um, big BYU guy. I've worked in, in BYU athletics um, for most of my career. So um, it's fun to work at a place that you feel passionate about, um, which really passionate about what you do. I mean, I'm sure everyone on some level likes what they do, but um, they don't all get to kind of live the dream that I get to. So I feel pretty, pretty fortunate. Um, became a fan in 96. That's kind of the first real season I remember. Um, I remember hearing some bad words associated with, with Walsh when I was like maybe five or six, but that was about it. Uh, but I used to pretend I was Kaipo McGuire and throw the ball up and catch it on my couch and stuff. And, Actually got to hang out with him last week at the um, Arizona State game, and that was pretty fun getting to meet him. Um, but that's kind of how I became a fan at '96 team, and then it was all it was all uh, an uphill battle from there. Just getting it's all it's been all good since then. So excellent! Thanks so much, Isaac. We're glad to have you on, Derek. Hey, what's up, everybody? Good to be here. Um, so kind of following a similar format, uh, I've also been a BYU fan since I was really young. Um, by the same uh, a token as Isaac, I, uh, I think the earliest memory that I have of BYU football is probably that 2001 team with Brandon Doman and Luke Staley. So th that was a pretty good team to get started on. Uh, a kind of a sharp drop off after that, a lot of losing seasons. So uh, definitely been through all the uh, many highs and lows of being a BYU fan, but uh, I grew up going to BYU football games. Uh, even when we moved up here to Logan, uh, you know, still always drove down to Provo a few times a year to you know take my grandma to the game. She was also a season ticket holder, so uh, you know I, I have been deeply involved in 
BYU athletics, uh, you know, from a fan perspective from a really young age. And uh, yeah, so looking forward to having a conversation with everybody and talking about this upcoming matchup. Heck yeah. Thanks, Derek. Got to love grandmas who uh, share the love of BYU football. Hey, Keegs, let's go. Hey, thanks for uh, having me on, guys. Yeah, so like I said, this is Keegs um, at KWJazzman on Twitter. Um, I've been a BYU fan pretty much from the day I was born. I don't think I even had a choice from the beginning. Um, but I've been going to games since I was five months old. Um, but I really started getting into being a BYU fan probably the 2006 season. That was the first year that we had um, season tickets. And that season, um, I don't remember how late in the season it was, but that was obviously the um, Beck to Harleen game. That's one of Tanner's favorite games, I know. Um, so that's that's probably the year I became the biggest. Um, I'll let you have a good moment every 15 or 20 years or whatever. It's a lot better that that year. Um, but yeah, so that's that's about as as long as I've been a BYU fan. We've had season tickets since I was eight. Um, been going to games since then. I I live down in St. George now, but my wife and I try to get up to games as as often as we possibly can. Excellent. Thanks so much, man. And then Terrell Williams, thanks so much for being on with us, man. Let's hear it. Yeah, I became a BYU fan, honestly. And in, I was born a BYU fan. My mom and dad joked that when I came out of the womb, I had like a bluish tint to me, right? That's obviously a joke, <laughs> but I, I was a diehard. Even as like a, a little kid, I think when I first became a BYU fan, though, it was probably um, the 96 season that really converted me. Um, yeah. I mean, in my opinion, the greatest BYU team of all time, 14 and one finished ranked, uh, number six, if I remember correctly. And we just had a special, special season. And I remember the A&M game. I remember watching that game. And at that point I was about nine, eight or nine years old. And I just thought, I love BYU football. I love this sport. This is the greatest sport in the world. And I never stopped feeling that way. I think um, I think that team was really special because you had Steve Sarkeesian, who was a junior college transfer. And then you had, in my opinion, the most explosive running back to ever come out of BYU. Um, in, uh, I'm, I'm blanking at the moment. Ronnie not Jamal Jenkins. Willis, was it? Oh, Jenkins. Ro okay. Ronnie Jenkins, who was just, uh, I mean, he didn't last very long because of the honor code, unfortunately, but <laughs> that dude had wheels. He must have been like a 4-3-40 guy because he was breaking it um, and just really testing defenses the way BYU running backs don't typically test defenses. And then you had Shea Muirbrook and uh, the freight train, Rob Morris. I mean, that was just a stack, stack <laughs> team. So, yeah, that's how I became a BYU fan. Heck, yeah, I love it. And then, Dan, uh, let's hear from all the Aggie fans. All right. So, I'm Dan. Um, some of you probably know me as at USU the Right Blue, Aggie fan Dan on Twitter. Um, this is probably one of the weeks where I tweet the most, and I have a lot of people tweet at me, so it's kind of fun. Um, I, I've enjoyed Twitter for about, probably the last, like, four or five years, just getting to know you all. Um, I became an Aggie fan. So, I was actually born in Provo, like, crazy, right? But... I only lived there for three months. Um, then we kind of moved away from Utah. And then my, my dad um, got, we, we came full circle back to Utah, but my, my dad came to Logan and taught at Utah State. And so that's kind of how I, I became a fan. I, I went to USU and just became loyal there. Growing up, I had a lot of um, heartaches with like losing seasons. Like we were really good at basketball, but football, I would just focus on Logan High because like I, I was convinced when I was a kid, I'm like, 
Logan High is so good. Maybe they could beat the Aggies, but I mean, back in the 2000s, I, I don't know. Like, um, it was it was a lot different than it is now. So I'm just I'm happy that like ever since I came home from my mission 10 years ago, like the Aggies have been. I think we've been to bowl games like eight out of 10 seasons in the last decade. So for us, that's a major improvement. And so I'm hoping. It seems like we're on a good track. And last year was terrible for for a lot of teams with COVID, but. I'm excited to see what the future holds for, for the Aggies. Um, but, yeah, let's go through all the Aggies. We got Tyler Riggs. Yeah, hey, everybody. Appreciate you having me on uh, on the podcast here and excited for the game on Friday. So I have been a fan. I grew up in Logan, so I've been a fan of Utah State all my life. I actually my, I was thinking about when did I like, go all in, though, because uh, I'd always gone to games, especially going through school and everything. But – when I decided to commit my heart and soul to Utah State was in 2012. I had just I graduated from University of Utah, went to grad school at the U, and uh, Utah State beat Utah in Logan in overtime that year. And I was, I was kind of I walked into the stadium was like oh, I don't know who I'm going to cheer for. I had a good experience in both places, and I just decided I hate Utah. And to this day, like there's no circumstances whatsoever that I will give the time of day to that school. Uh, despite having a relatively okay academic experience. Sorry, Tanner. Um, but that, that, you guys are really in an enemy of my enemy as my friend kind of situation at this point in my life. So uh, just always love being the underdog. I love cheering for the underdog. Uh, Utah State is a lovable underdog. And I had season tickets and went through all of the bad years, like the really bad years, the independent years, the Sun Belt years. And got my only joy at the games by uh, yelling at the opposing team. And there was like 2,000 people in the stadium, so you could your voice could be heard when you would be yelling. And it's just really good that um, this 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 rivalry and it is a rivalry is competitive again. And Utah State's football is competitive, and I think it's better overall for the state when uh, all of our teams are good. So excited to be here and have this chat today, guys. Thank you for clarifying that it is a rivalry as well. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that, that that's been a hot topic this week, but and we'll get into that more. But um, Paige, you're up next. All right, guys. Hi. Oh my gosh, this is so much fun. I have missed this. Just the whole like podcast, being with other sports fans. This is great. I've been pregnant for like the past three football seasons, so I am more than happy to Wait, be you're not with the same child, right? Right. <laughs> yes, okay, that's not how pregnancy works. Um, <laughs> So I, my name's Paige, by the way, sports page 94 on Twitter. I've been a little quiet lately because kids crazy, but I'm so happy to be here. Like I said, my story is actually a really sweet conversion story. I know you BYU fans love those, but this one you might not be a fan of. Um, I grew up watching BYU football and getting my heart broken over and over and over again. I'm pretty sure the last time I was a BYU fan was that Harlan game that you were talking about. And I finally saw the light when I um, came home from my mission and went to Utah State and just realized I had been missing out on the most enjoyable football team that the state of Utah has to offer. And so I kind of just went all in, I guess, just like Tyler said, like that was my moment where I kind of just gave my heart and soul to the team. And it was only one season of actually being a fan. All the rest of them, I was either working um, for the local paper or the radio station, and I was covering it on my podcast, Utah State, or I was working for the athletics department. So 
I had a chance to get really up close and personal with a lot of the um, athletic staff and like the whole Jordan Love era. Like that was when I was there. It was just awesome. Such a great growing time and a time for the Aggies when they were just like really showing a lot of power and strength. And I think that's when it developed into like actually a rivalry. Cause when I started at Utah state, people were still like, Oh no, like you're just like the little stepbrother. But now, like Tyler said, not to piggyback on you twice now, but like it is definitely a rivalry. And I love just being to a point where it's finally competitive enough that like we have a whole podcast about it and a whole panel here. So happy to be here. Glad that I finally saw the light and yeah, nothing else for now. Awesome. Thanks Paige. Um, Greg Stevens, you're up next. Hey, thank you. And uh, just looking at this at uh, hearing everybody's stories, I can tell them the uh, old, old codger of the group here. <laughs> so I, I think I'm probably the only one here old enough to uh, actually remember BYU's 1984 championship season. So um I mean, I was five years old at the time, but, you know, I remember, you know, hearing that it was kind of a big deal back then, but uh, yeah, so I'm originally from Virginia and, you know, spent time going back and forth between Virginia and, and Utah, spend my school year out here and my summers out in Virginia. So um, I actually had never stepped foot in Logan until I was, uh, until I went up to freshman orientation. Um, I was actually going to go to VMI. Uh, the Virginia Military Institute and decided at the last minute that I wanted to go to somewhere with girls. So um, I chose Utah State instead of, uh, instead of VMI. And uh, so, yeah, the, the first time I set foot in Logan was my, my, my freshman orientation. Um, you know, that my first year was 1997. And it, uh, you know, the Aggies went to a bowl that year. I, I decided not to go to the game because I was like, oh, everybody goes to a bowl game these days. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait till the next time the Aggies go to a bowl. So then 2011 rolls around, which was the next bowl. And uh, but yeah, no, I just I, I you know, I stayed an Aggie fan that entire time. Um, you know, I, I bet was at some of those 2000, 2000 attendance games, you know, the the. Riley Nelson win where he beat Fresno state for the Aggies in what, 2006 or whatever. And, you know, the, the Aggies get more people to the uh, spring football games and, you know, fall scrimmages and they did then were in attendance at that football game. So um, yeah, it, it's just nice to actually have life in the Aggie program and stuff. So, um, you know, and there's so much more Aggie gear and fandom down here in the Salt Lake Valley and everything now. And it's a beautiful thing to see. So Awesome. Th thanks. Um, so we got Jen next. Who is on mute? <laughs> Tyler's sister, Jen. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm at the local McDonald's Jen. getting Wi-Fi, so hopefully it doesn't take too long. But anyway, um, my name's Jen. I'm at JenMcKay007 on Twitter. Um, I have always been an Aggie fan. I was born and raised in Logan. Um, I went to college at Utah State and graduated there, and so did most of my family. Um, my dad, you know, he, I grew up going to the games with him, and so 
it's always just been a fun memory for us, both football and basketball. You know, we suffered through the Brent guy era and um, well, he did not me because I was little and I couldn't really remember those days. But yeah, I think um, my true, like, I guess, fandom came from watching um, like Robert Turbin and um, Bobby Wagner, uh, Chucky Keaton, Dorman Thompson. They've been super fun to watch. And so I think uh, when Gary Anderson came and kind of turned the program around a little bit, that was that was exciting for everybody. So yeah, that is how I became an Aggie fan. So yeah, thanks for having me, you guys. This is really fun. Awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah, these are so, so many good memories, um, just like a variety of like the recent and the past ones. But uh, Josh Anderson, you're up next. Boy, you're just reliving a lot of my dreams. I actually played on the football team from 03 to 07. Mick Dennehy for one year and Brent Guy for three years. So that's me. Um, I actually grew up a BYU fan. Um, it wasn't until I, they recruit, I was getting recruited by both schools that Utah State offered me a scholarship. <laughs> I, went to U, I went to BYU and they told me I was an inch too short for them. So, you know, broke my heart. It was one of those, I went to every homecoming game and everything at BYU. My my parents were both alumni. And at that moment, it was just like, yeah, screw it. You know, I'm, I'm a BYU, I'm a Utah State, through and through. And uh, just had a lot of fun. Won nine games in four years playing for the Aggies. Yeah, loved it. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of rough sometimes. I remember the right. I was there on the sidelines during the Fresno State Riley Nelson era, where we won one game that year. That was that was rough, but uh, yeah, good times. And uh, it just it was so fun to just see the team start winning games when Anderson came around and he actually played the best player um, for the position. You think that sounds like that would just make sense that you play the best player, but. The previous coaches, the Brent guy and other people, they were just into politics and there were some rough times there. But, uh, oh, good times, good times at the Aggies. But uh, that's me. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, it's awesome to have a former player on the podcast and, and a different era of the Aggies. Um, and But, yeah, definitely, like, every step of the way gets us to where we're at now. So, um, last but not least, we have – Sam McConkey, how, how are you doing, Sam? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you for having me tonight. Awesome. So, yeah, tell us more about your yourself, your Aggie fandom and all that. Okay, yeah. Um, I actually had a very unconventional journey towards my Aggie fandom. Um, I actually grew up in a family of Utes. Everybody in my family went to the University of Utah. And quite frankly, I actually didn't care a lick about football growing up. The only the only thing I saw growing up was the BYU Utah game, just that one game per year, because everybody in my household got excited about it. Um, I I actually I I became an Aggie fan though ten years ago when I started my junior year up at Utah State. I, I initially started college um, at Snow College. I was there from 2008 to 2010. Um, I did a service mission for a year. And then in 2011, that's when I started at Utah State. Um, I was going through a very difficult personal time in my life at the time. 
And coincidentally enough, so is Utah State because they were playing all those really close games at Auburn, uh, Colorado State. You know, there are all these different games where we had the lead in the closing minutes of each game and we lost each one, it seemed like. And it just it felt so it felt so reflective of what I was going through personally. And the fact that I also rubbed shoulders with some of the players on campus that gave me a reason to go to games because, Oh, I know you in class. I can go see you play on Saturday. I just eventually just came to fall in love with the sport of football in general. And then, yeah. And the way, the way things played out over the next couple of years, I'm having some really tough times in 2011, but also some good moments too. We still had that winning season. We still went to the bowl game. I was there in person but then in 2012, like I felt like my life was like psychically keeping up with the team, as it were, and things were going my way and things were going the Aggies way, too. And I just feel like it kind of it kind of made me a fan for life. And I mean, hey, I did I did take a well-placed jab at the Utes in my first job interview out of college. And I did get that job at the Deseret News. So it worked out. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's awesome that yeah. you've been able to to work with the Aggie Athletics and all you guys, but I guess with, with that out of the way, let's turn it over to Tanner Martin, our youth moderator, and, and he, he can try to keep us in line here. Definitely go easy on Josh, man. Those, those brand guy area years, I, I've asked him a lot of questions on those. <laughs> <laughs> I almost it twice, but I had a full ride for four years. My wife's like, you're an idiot if you don't take it, but I, it was rough. Well, I'm just glad that you gutted it out. Awesome. Well, I'm glad to be here and it's going to be fun. Um, you know, special thanks to everybody, especially our Aggie fans. I know up in Logan, everybody's got to be up at four in the morning for chores around the farm. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> most people don't have Wi-Fi most nights. It's kind of, it's kind of one of those things where it alternates like one half of the city has it one night and, and the other. So I'm really, really glad we're able to get everybody. It's a full moon or not, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So glad we've got everybody here. So the first question we've got is, uh, and, and again, this may be tough for our Aggie fans to answer just due to not having internet and TV service up in Logan, but what have you seen from your rival through the first few weeks of the season? How do you feel your team can take advantage based on what you've seen and what weaknesses will your rival find? Oh, they in your-, your team. Mm-hmm. One what, what of the things that I think BYU is going to definitely overlook Utah State. Utah State actually was projected like bottom feeder of their conference, and they've actually overachieved right now. But I actually think they're going to overlook them and the crowd noise. The crowd's going to come and be up there in, in Maverick Stadium, and I think they're just going to make some dumb mistakes, and th- there's going to be turnovers and everything, and they're going to overlook them. Yes, I love that. Can I jump in? Is that – are we doing it Go like this? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yes. yeah. I say in my years, which like, apparently I'm not the only one that converted, which I'm really glad that I'm not the only one that wasn't since I was like born a Utah state fan. But, um, I think in the years that I watched BYU football, one of their biggest like problems always is when they were overconfident, right? Like when they underestimate their opponent and they just go in thinking they're like, the best there is because, you know, they have so many fans telling them they are and they come in and they, they like choke because they're more confident than they need to be. And I think if there's anyone who could like really stick that to them, it's this Aggie team because yes, they are coming off a tough loss, but with this 3-0 that they started with, 
I don't know. The Aggies do pretty well when they have a start of the season looking like that. Could be like say, a situation where, you know, Utah was super confident and they got beat by BYU. So I feel like I agree with Paige on that. I think that, you know, Aggie, they look tough. Logan Bonner looks really tough. His backup quarterback, Peasley, and I think that might kind of throw them off a little bit, even though I know that they did say that Peasley will sit. Um, I, I do think he's a great backup if needed. Um, if Logan, you know, happens to get hurt. I think they're both pretty good quarterbacks. And so I agree with that page. I think there's a good point to be made about like BYU overlooking opponents. I was talking with Isaac last week of the game um, on Twitter all week last week. I was saying, you know, BYU is probably overlooking South Florida. I don't think they've played a team with this much speed. Um, and I think if you look back at the game specifically, BYU definitely overlooked um, it was Timmy McClain, um, their quarterback, probably the fastest quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks as a freshman that I've seen in the nation. Um, but it's kind of interesting that you guys bring that up because I think um, in some of the conversations this week from Eli Satuiaki and the defense, like that's the scheme that you saw got blown up. Like the defense just was well underprepared. And he admitted, he's like, yeah, like we did not have a, a game plan for them. And so my hope is, I mean, I think BYU might be a little more locked in than um, what, I guess they showed last week. Um, I think there's definitely some, some aspects that can be taken advantage of. Obviously they've had some major injury issues. Um, they've been talking about their depth all year, but if you get down to your third and second string, you, that is always a concern still because they're not the guys getting the main reps. Um, but I, I think um, like you mentioned, if Andrew Peasley is the one who's um, playing, I think he can take advantage of, of some of that, the run aspect that um, Timmy McLean um brought last week I don't see that same thing happening with Logan Bonner and I think BYU might be able to shut him down a little bit more than um than what's I guess maybe thought just he's a great passer he can hang in the pocket but he doesn't have the speed and that's really where um Timmy and McLean was able to extend plays last week and BYU didn't have an answer for it um so if they can um get some sacks and turnovers um I think that's kind of where the game has to be won. Utah State could have the ball for the whole game kind of like they did against Boise and they could have a ton of yards but at the end of the day Utah State's got to move the ball and that's that's where it's going to be won or lost for the Aggies and I think BYU can take advantage of that. You saw Gunner uh, or Gunner and Baylor connecting a few times um Baylor had 200 yard receivers so there's some definite aspects that BYU can take advantage of. It just really depends on, I guess, how Justin Rice is doing, how um, Gilliam's playing, and then also Shaq Bond um, for Utah State. It'll be really interesting to see kind of how Utah State comes up with a defensive scheme. Yeah, I, think, I think on the – sorry, go ahead, Greg. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I think – and, you know, to be honest, I'm, I'm, I, I haven't watched much BYU football to, to take advantage. But, you know, I mean, I look at box scores and things like that. I mean – this is likely the, the best team that the Aggies have faced so far. And I, I just don't think that the Aggies can get down by double digits like they have in, in every single game and, and still expect to come back against, against BYU. I mean, you know, like you said that the Aggies move the ball at will. And then, um, you know, if you're at the game, you just, they just shot themselves in the foot over and over again. Anytime they got inside red the red zone, zone yeah. against Boise. And, um, but yeah, I, I don't think, BYU is going to allow them to come back from a double digit deficit like they have in their, you know, in the, in the three wins. So um, I think the, uh, the, the largest key for the Aggies is to, um, you know, is to actually start out fast instead of, you know, instead of trying to play catch up the entire game. 
Yeah, um, Greg, I want to agree with you on that. Um, I, I do writing for the Mountain West Wire. That's That was my number one key to the game, actually, for coming up on Friday is absolutely no slow starts. And quite frankly, I think BYU's run defense is pretty lacking, quite frankly. I mean, they're, they're currently giving up over 150 rushing yards per game. I think with the running backs that Utah State does have, like Calvin Tyler and John Gentry, I really feel like Utah State needs to make a point of really committing to run the football. And I, and I think they can do that. I mean, Calvin Tyler, through four games, he's averaging 6.2 yards per carry. I, I think Utah State definitely has the horses to run this on BYU. They just can't go shooting themselves in the foot like they did against Boise. They were able to move the ball between the 20s. It was just getting into the red zone where the problems were. I was, I was at that game. I would just like to see a game where they're not coming back on the fourth. You know, it's just, I, I agree, they do have to come out strong. And I just don't think that I can handle another, like, fourth crazy fourth quarter. <laughs> Yeah, I did enjoy I, I that Wazoo that. game quite a bit, though. I was the Air Force game was that good. That was incredible. <laughs> I got to say something about that fourth quarter for BYU. So, like, um, if you watched the um, Arizona game, like, you guys are all talking about second-half team for the Aggies, but BYU, um, we were really – we were fast out the gates, and then we kind of just wore down uh, the Wildcats, and then that's kind of how the game ended. They, they The clock runs out, whatever. You, you have a drive that they, you get a stop, and, and you get the ball back. Or against Utah, you uh, kick a field goal after um, getting a stop. Like, they let these teams back into the games. And I just – I don't know if BYU four or five weeks in a row is going to let the team back into the game. That's um, – and I, like you said, if Utah State wants to win this game, they need to score early. And then they need to have fourth quarters where they're not allowing points. Cause I, I don't see BYU's offense getting shut down by, by the Aggies defense. That's just, I don't think that the depth is there for the Aggies. That's like my, my generic, I guess, BYU fan, as well as like a fan looking out. Um, but I, I do feel like BYU has some holes on the offensive side. Um, they need to run the ball. Cause if they're not running the ball and they're just scoring fast, um, the Aggies can take advantage of that. So they, they need to own the clock a little bit more than they have. And then on defense, like you mentioned, they can't let Calvin Tyler Jr. run the ball down their throat because each of the past two weeks with Mangum um, and then um, the U.S. or the um, Arizona State running back, even some big chunk plays from Utah's running back, and then that speedy um, running back from Arizona. The, all these backs have taken, like you mentioned, care of BYU's defensive line. They cannot let that happen a fifth week in a row. And I kind of think they're going to come out because you'll have Atunai Samahe back for BYU. You'll have Batty back for BYU. All these guys that they rested. Um, whether they were really injured or whatever it be that way. Um, I don't know. I think there's going to be some, some interesting play there. Uh, then again, also Utah state does have, I believe a transfer from Miami that's playing on their defensive line and maybe UCLA, if I'm not mistaken. Patrick um, so yeah. With that, I mean, it kind of opens up the gates to who knows what they, I mean, I don't think they've played a team with the offensive firepower that BYU has, but it'll be really interesting to see how these, these guys come out. Yeah, my, my biggest thought going into this week, obviously Utah State is a much better team than USF, so I wouldn't want to put them on that kind of level. Um, the biggest reason that BYU beat USF is because they scored as much as they did as fast as they did. Even with the possession time favoring USF, crazy amount. Like it was something like 37 minutes, maybe 35, something like that. BYU just scored more than they could possibly think of doing. So I think if BYU can hold... Utah State to scoring, you know, pretty close to what USF did. I think BYU will just 
I mean, obviously that's the point of the game is to score more, but I think that's going to be the biggest thing that, that BYU has is that offensive firepower that is going to be hard to keep up with. I've got one more yeah. point. I really think that's going to be important. And uh, it's the curse of the injured uh, starting quarterback. I mean, Taysom Hill got hurt twice against Utah state. Um, in that Chucky Keaton got hurt um, pretty badly. And, uh, you know, uh, Jaron Hall has had a mush head. Like, he's had some problems. Like, you just I, – I, I never want to curse anybody, but, it, you know, I've seen too many starting quarterbacks go get hurt in this, uh, this uh, rivalry. So, Utah State's got a, a pretty decent backup quarterback, and I don't want that to play in there. But, hey, it could happen with this game. Well, no, nobody wants that to play into it, of course. Uh, I don't think anybody thinks that's what you're saying, but uh, it, no. it is something that's figured pretty heavily into this rivalry. And I think if you're BYU, you feel pretty confident on that front. Of course, you don't want it to come into play. Uh, but in the preseason, you know, Kalani and A-Rod and, you know, all of BYU's offensive coaches were very clear that, uh, you know, the reason that they had, uh, you know, kind of a three-way uh, race for the starting quarterback position is because they got three guys who they really feel can play. And Baylor Romney really stepped in against USF, just uh, it played a heck of a game. Uh, so I think as a BYU fan, you're pretty confident on that side that even if, you know, Jaron were to go down uh, with an injury, uh, you know, we have all the confidence in the world that, uh, you know, Baylor Romney is going to step in there and uh, the offense isn't going to miss a beat because uh, he, he can make the throws. He is more mobile than people give him credit for. Uh, so I, I think as a BYU fan, you, you feel grateful to at least be a little bit more comfortable on that front, uh, knowing that if, if we do see the curse rear its ugly head, see some starting quarterbacks go down, uh, we're pretty deep at the quarterback position to where the offense shouldn't necessarily have to miss a beat. I caught their last game versus Boise. I've seen uh, uh, like a couple quarters uh, in some of their other games, but I did, I did get a chance to see them versus Boise. And, and um, I thought that offensively they looked pretty explosive in the first half, particularly in the past game. Um, and their running back, Calvin Tyler Jr., he looks really good. And that's the struggle being a Mountain West Conference team, right, is that they're not at the same level. Like BYU obviously hasn't been P5, but as an indie team, it's been an upgrade for us in terms of recruiting because we're playing all over the country. We set our own schedules. Obviously, COVID was a great indicator of, of how flexible we can be and really open things up when other schools were shutting down. And so we've been able to build that depth. It certainly wasn't there when Kalani got there. Um, because when Bronco left, the depth really, I mean, we've had some great players come through BYU, but we were really in a rebuilding phase. And Kalani has taken the last three, four years and built our, our particularly our offensive line and defensive line to where we were, you know, we're two, three in, in some positions, four, four or more deep. I'd say our corners are as deep as they've ever been. Obviously, the wide receiver group, super deep, tight ends as well. And the quarterbacks, as demonstrated, are super deep. I agree oh, with you on Utah State. I think they always have some great athlete. If you think back, Fackrell was a great athlete for them. Uh, he played linebacker there. And then obviously Bobby Wagner is Pro Bowl Hall of Fame, uh, NFL, uh, you know, defensive players. So I think you have to respect the fact that they have great athletes at certain positions. Um, but like you said, the depth isn't there. And so the problem for them is as you work into that third and fourth quarter, and you saw this versus Boise State, you lose your ability to stop a more explosive offense because you're going into, you're digging into that three and four deep. 
um, when you need to. And when you're going up against a good offense, it's hard to stop those guys when you have to dig that deep into your depth. This will be BYU's first true road game. The crowd will be hostile. And despite yeah. the conspiracy that was floating around Twitter today that uh, Utah <laughs> State moved the opponent's bench in front of the students just for BYU, they are the team. BYU will be just in front of the student section for the first time ever. And they're right on top of you, like literally can reach out and touch uh, a player. So I, I, I'm sure that the team, uh, Kalani Sataki has his squad uh, mentally tough. But that's, this is going to be the first true road game and the first hostile crowd that BYU has faced in quite some time. I did no, hear that's... that with the Boise State game. Um, I heard that the herd was so loud that the coaches and the players couldn't hear any plays being called. And so I think that might be a oh, potential. Sure impacted Boise. <laughs> oh, I, I'm yeah. willing to bet in advance that it'll affect BYU. I mean, that's – I'll always compliment the herd because they've probably got the – the rowdiest student section in the state. Like I think the loud. rock, the rock has the bigger numbers, obviously, but they are insanely rowdy. And the fact that they're right on top of the opposing team makes them a force that it can't be like forgotten about at all. They're borderline. Oh, they're inappropriate. They are inappropriate. Josh. I was getting <laughs> F bombs or whatever thrown at me. Will be inappropriate, <laughs> but you'll say borderline because you you know, you want to still, you know, keep it nice. They've got the respect too, though. I heard they passed a Boise State game or a Boise State player a burrito last game. So, heck yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, Keegan, that's a that's all great there, and that's going to lead into the next question I want to ask. I guess, what do you like most? I guess and least about your rival. Um, I could go off for hours about what I dislike about both schools. No, I just can't. Um, everybody, just jump in. What do you like, and what what drives you crazy? What can't you stand? Let I'll, me I'll start. Go ahead. I'm, I'll follow you. Thank you. Thank you. Very nice of you. I am married to a BYU graduate. And let me just say, no, nope, don't clap. You have your mic off. That's not fair. Thoughts but, and um, prayers, Paige. Thoughts thank, and prayers. Thank you. I and agree. you know, Her poor husband. We have three <laughs> children and we, every year, I always say like, if you're not going to care about the sports, then I'm just going to put them in Utah state stuff. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's whoever won last year, you know? And I just say, okay, but I'm the one who buys the clothes. So no. I'm going to buy them on Utah state stuff. Anyways, what I like very least about BYU is dealing with fans like that, <laughs> just dealing with their fans. And I don't really mean that, but I do mean like the whole environment around it. I'm just, I like the USU fan section heard tradition more but it goes with that thing that I was talking about earlier right like the overconfidence and I think that's just like a theme that I see all the time and it comes out on the football field too so I guess it's what I like the, the least because it's annoying to me but I think I also like it the most because it's like maybe gonna trip them up hopefully so anyways had to start with that because it's a marriage thing you know yeah, I'll uh, I'll follow with that. It's kind of what I said already on the on the USC student section. They're insane, and it's really impressive. Like even a couple years ago, when I was there in in 2017, when BYU lost two quarterbacks in that game was just terrible. I still sat there thinking to myself, "Holy crap, I hate the student section," which means they're awesome because I love being in the student sections that everyone hates. Um, the thing I hate most about Utah State. <sighs> 
I don't, I don't know if I even really have one. I think, um, <laughs> I have things I dislike, but like, there's nothing like that, that cute big. little brother. You just can't stay mad at. That's honestly kind of what it is. <laughs> if I'm being honest, cause Utah, I hate Tanner knows how much I hate his team. They're freaking jerks. And I hate all of them. Like, I'm very <laughs> max hall about them. Beer on them. <laughs> like you only beat them once every like 87 years. I get it. So. Hey, we were just talking about most recent is what matters. So you can go ahead and mute again. Thank you. Um, but As a moderator, I, think... I can just remove. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I don't know. I think the, the complex of just, just how much they hate BYU is not something that I share from a lot of like Utah State students. Like my brother's a huge BYU fan that goes to Utah State that he's been very quiet this week because he doesn't want to get freaking torched the entire week. So that's something that I may not like is like, it feels like they go too far in the rivalry. Whereas I love the Utah state rivalry. I love playing it every single year, but it feels like a lot of people take it too far, but that's obviously both sides as well. I think we're just very salty that you guys are the better team. And I think we know that, you know, exactly. So... It's us in Utah. <laughs> it's just levels. It goes yeah. Utah, BYU, USU. We all know it. But it even though, hurts. even though I'm not saying like, like I feel like Utah State does have a chance, but I feel like that's maybe why is because we're so like I think deep down we kind of know. <laughs> For me, anyway, that's how I look at it. But that's I, the other thing I'll say about Aggie fans is their loyalty is unmatched. Like BYU's had their crap seasons, but Utah State fans have way more loyalty than many BYU fans I know. Absolutely. You know, you know what it is, and I'm not like criticizing but there's a term called sidewalk alumni when, when it comes to college sports fans and refers to somebody who didn't actually attend the university but is a fan of the university like for me you know Virginia Tech is my other team so I'm a sidewalk alumni of Virginia Tech and so Utah State because you know growing up in the media market down here where it's all about Utah and BYU <clears throat> um, you know Utah State doesn't have a lot of quote-unquote sidewalk alumni you were, you know, you, you were a student. If you're an Aggie fan, you were a student at, you know, at Utah State. That's why. I mean, um, you know, my brother married into an Aggie family, so he he's an Aggie fan now, and he never went to college. But I, I mean, pretty much everyone you know that's an Aggie fan attended the university, and so I think you get a lot more, a lot stronger ties that that way. Um, I mean, I could be wrong. That's purely anecdotal, but. Um, you know, that I, I think that's one reason why they, they do get crazy. And I mean, you know, the fact that, you know, the last the, the, it's six and four for BYU the last 10 years and Utah State operates on a fraction of the you know athletic budget. You know, the fact that, you know, competing that way, um, you know, it is a source of pride. I mean, you know, but, um, you know, those are just a couple of things that, that I had jotted down about the about the rivalry that way. Well, I, I have very uh, similar feelings about the rivalry to Keegan as a BYU fan. I don't, I don't hate USU. I, I just don't, um, you know, but outside you hate losing of, to us. No, absolutely. So <laughs> let, let me, let me state for the record. I think the whole, like, I think a lot of BYU fans just do it to troll USU, but let, let me just state sure. for the record and make it absolutely clear. This is a rivalry. And I, and I love this rivalry. Like I, 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 like, I love this game. It's a fun game. And I, I'll be honest, like, as a BYU fan, this game always makes me nervous. Like I, I really don't care about 
like BYU's recent historical dominance, like USU's really elevated their profile. And so like this game always has me kind of nervous. Like as a BYU fan, I'm never rolling into this game feeling like, oh yeah, like we're going to blow USU off the field. Like I, I never, ever feel that way. Um, and, and I think it's because like, you know, I've lived in Logan for most of my life as a BYU fan. So I know exactly how much people in this town hate BYU. And I know exactly how much these players get up for this game because it, it means a lot to them. And, and, and again, I'm, and I'm not trying to do like the condescending, it means more to you than it means to us. I'm just, I, I'm just saying like, they're really passionate about this game. I think it means a lot to USU. And so this game is always has me nervous. I'm, I'm always nervous for this game because I know that Utah state always really gets up for this game. And, uh, but I have similar feelings to Keegan that uh, it, maybe that's why for a lot of BYU fans, it, it feels a little bit less like a rivalry. Cause I think, I think a lot of BYU fans share that sentiment. They don't hate USU the way that they hate Utah. Uh, you know, I think outside of this matchup, at least for me personally, like, you know, I'm, I'm cheering for USU. I graduated from USU. I, you know, like I, I went to USU. I think it's a great place. I don't have, I have no love lost for the Aggies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they have a great creamery. <laughs> That's for yeah. sure. <laughs> uh, you know, the thing about Utah state and I, you know, BYU fans may feel differently about this, but like I see a lot of BYU in Utah state, if I'm being honest, like, um, something that I've really kind of resented the University of Utah and their fans is once they went to the Pac-12, suddenly they were kind of just better than everybody else. They just, and it's true, you get better recruiting. You get, obviously the funding completely changes from a financial perspective. Your athletic department completely up levels. Like that all makes sense. But like, you can't forget where you came from, right? You can't forget your roots. And like, when I look at Utah State, I kind of see a little bit of BYU. It's like this, this team that occasionally rises up and overachieves. And they've had some really good years, especially under Anderson, where they were really heading in the right direction. So I think for me, what I respect about Utah State is that there's a bit more blue collar mentality. And BYU has that same mentality, right? When you're going up yep. against the Wisconsins of the world, and they're not afraid to play people like BYU is. They, they'll go to Wisconsin and they'll play at Wisconsin. They'll give them a game. Like, they're the type of team that they it's them against the world they got a chip on their shoulders because a lot of these kids were you know two three star probably two star recruits some of them were walk-ons didn't get the type of acknowledgement and looks that they that they felt they should have and so they go there they have a chip on their shoulder and and they ball out and they play well and i think the downside for them is just the depth thing that we talked about that's the hardest part of winning when you're playing p5 quality opponents is do you have the depth to match up with them for four quarters and i don't think they've had that but I love their blue collar mentality. I love that like us against the world uh, type of type of grit because that's what really bonds a team together. And it also gives you an opportunity to, to make, you know, upsets. I don't think that's happening this week, but uh, I, I, I do respect that about them. Yeah, okay. no, yeah. I, don't. Um, yeah, I was I was going to say a nice thing about the Cougars and then something I really don't like about them. I'll, I'll start with the nice thing first. Um, I one thing I do like about them, they have like a like a core belief, like it's, it's like the, a big essence of their program. They really believe that on any given week, no matter who they line up against, they really genuinely, sincerely, they're going to win. And they're often able to back it up because they have historically great quarterbacks. They've, they've got some, they've got great legacy. They've, they had a great Hall of Famer coach basically in LaBelle Edwards. I mean, funny enough, I mean, it, it took an egg to make a great cougar, right? But anyway, 
I, I really do admire that about BYU, though. Like they are they are fearless. They they will line up against anybody anytime. And I mean, that that's something truly to be admired. I, I, I want the I want that quality in my own program. Of course, I, I want the Aggies to be able to do that. And I want them to be able to win more of those games. I mean, that's great. However, here's one thing. And it has more to do with like BYU's fan base, not so much the school. I mean, I guess sometimes it kind of bleeds through a little bit, but. I think the one thing I really don't like about BYU, though, is I feel like their fan base sincerely doesn't know the definition of hard. Like, and what I mean by that is they don't know what tough times are. Like, sure, maybe they'll point to the 2017 season being a disaster, but that was the first losing season they had in over 10 years, though. I mean, if, if you if you count like a six and six record in Bronco Mendenhall's first season as a losing record, I'm I'm not sure I do, you know, maybe that's up for debate, but if you were to like take that out, BYU just didn't have losing seasons. They hadn't had those since late 1960s, early 1970s. And so to see a bunch of alumni or diehard fans talk about how rough things were from like 2017 to 2018, when it it just bugs me. (laughs) Hey, you got to remember um, that the Gary Crowden era was totally garbage for us. <laughs> that was absolutely well, some of yeah, the worst. Okay, that's that's a watched. fair point, I suppose. But I mean, that's that's what three years out of like thirty-five. Yeah, um, that's I true. Have, I mean, one, one thing. Um, so I, I don't know. So I also am with Paige. Like I married a BYU alumni. She, she, my wife. She's not really into sports, but she has been. At, at first, she kind of just like cheered for BYU. Well, partly because she went to there, but partly just she would only watch the game when they played Utah State, so she could like rub it in my face if they won. But but we've grown over the years, and and I've convinced her to be an Aggie fan, so that's that's been awesome. But um, I I like how awesome the I, I don't know I I I feel like I've my perceptions changed. Like I feel like I used to hate BYU more when I went into the MPC and just being around some BYU fans, like, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like those BYU fans that annoy you, then it's just like, oh, okay. Like, I don't like this school, but um, just this year, I've actually been, it's crazy, but I, I've been to two BYU games. I'm, I'm an Arizona Wildcat fan. So I, I went to the Vegas game and it, it was cool. Like, like there was a lot of cool random people that I'd, I'd never met. And they kind of just saw us, um, my, my in-laws with their BYU gear and they're like, yeah, go Cougs. And I was just like, wow, these guys really, like like their team and 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 I feel like those types of fans make it feel like okay maybe it might be cool to be a BYU fan for 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 some of them like for me personally no but like I feel like they truly believe that it's cool again because like even when they were seven six four and nine like there's always this notion like okay BYU wants to be Notre Dame but of the West but they aren't but like right now they're looking pretty good like with a big 12 um invite and just things are looking up but the stuff I don't like, and I, I just kind of try to like, I, I know that in Twitter in the past, you guys have probably seen, I try to might fight fire with fire. Like, it, like we're like the little brother, right. That people like, Oh, let's see if we can get a reaction out of, out of the Aggies. But like, I feel like it, it's, I, as I've gotten to interact with more of you, like, I, I just feel like it's fun to kind of joke around and like when life hands you lemons, make lemonade. Like today, like I, I, I kept thinking, okay, like um, they always call us little brother. So I, I, I posted this like little um, meme or whatever about little brother and, and some of you guys might've seen it, but, but yeah, I, I just think, I, I just think it's kind of fun to, to interact with, with some of you guys and, and joke around. I feel like 
Um, the rivalry, it, it's still on game week. I'm probably really charged up, but I feel like I've been able to be more civil. Like it doesn't feel like as personal, like at least with fans, because at the end of the day, we're not playing the game. It's for the players. Like it's, it, it, it's pretty tough, but like, it's just a game at the end of the day, like we're not cooler just because our team wins. It's just, yeah, it's the props to the, all the athletes that are on the field doing that. But, but that's just uh, my monologue of, of stuff that I, I thought about the rivalry. Awesome. Uh, you know, and, and there was a good point, I think, I, I can't remember who brought it up, um, but just about how BYU will line up and play anyone. And we should add the disclaimer that as long as they're not located in the state of Washington. So <laughs> I, I knew you were going to say that. I was just waiting for somebody to pipe up and say that. Never mind. I thought, that I game was they were never, Florida, ever honestly. going to happen. It was going to get canceled. <laughs> hey, question. Right. Uh, what's uh, everybody's fondest uh, rivalry moment? And this, you know, answer it from both sides as a, as a BYU fan or a Utah State fan. What's been your favorite uh, moment so far? Oh, my gosh. Um, I, have, I have a few. But I got to say, and I can't remember the exact year it was, but the the Riley Nelson year. 2013. Uh, the tipped pass <laughs> 2013 back of the end zone. And I think it was Mitch <laughs> Matthews who caught, the, who caught the pass rider. Was it? Um, I'm pretty I, sure it was Ross Oppo, wasn't it? Was it Mitch was Matthews, it? Ross Oppo? Oh, it, it might have been Ma- Ross Oppo. Yeah, here, we'll, have to, we'll have to look it up. But the, the tip pass is definitely at the top of my list for – uh, most enjoyable, like unexpected victories versus U- Utah State because they they had us in that game and we pulled one out of a rabbit's hat. That was when Jake Heaps was was leading the team, and then Riley comes in and Utah State had beat us the year before, I believe, um, and BYU was all hyped up, like can't let this happen again. And so Riley Nelson, they were down, and he led that fourth quarter comeback with yes. with that last second tip pass. So. That was definitely probably one of the most memorable. I did like um, Tanner Mangum lighting him up there and Logan um, in that <laughs> snow game a few years back. I was there when we were up 21-7, and then they came back and obliterated us when um, Detmer uh, came in. McCoy Detmer came in as a four-string. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then I was there last year – or two years ago, excuse me, when we won 42-14, to though. So I, I did get a little bit of redemption. Um, and it was that was a stressful game. Like you feel a lot more stressed now that both teams are kind of on a more level playing field. But it was a heck of a game, and that's that's kind of what I've come to to love about the game. So I think any time that we beat BYU is a great memory for me. Just like watching the players lift up the wagon wheel, it's just it's great, and I love it. Um, I do have to bring up a funny memory though. Um, there was like an a reporter lady and she went around BYU campus and she was asking people if they knew what the wagon wheel was. And some, some guy goes, uh, that thing at Chuckarama. <laughs> he didn't know what the wagon wheel was. And it was just hilarious. Um, cause he thought I'm- it was the wagon I love that you just brought that up because it's such like, this is the same thing we've been talking about, right? Where like, it's so exciting for Utah state fans when we get this. So like, yeah. So many of us know what that is, but yeah. like, because it's not the holy war, quote unquote, mm-hmm. there's like so many people at, U- at BYU that don't know what it is either. But I yeah. love that. That is so funny. I didn't know what it was <laughs> till 2017. So oh my it wasn't really? until you guys, until they rolled it out in 2017 and gave it to Utah State, I didn't know what it was. What, what about 2014 though? Were you 
connected to BYU then? Geeks? I was on my mission in 2014, so I didn't see Oh, okay. That okay. That's wow. Former that's right, BYU man. wide receiver Mitch Matthews also did not know what the wagon wheel was. <laughs> uh, he, he, said, he said it was just always there in the locker room. He was, he was on uh, a sports talk show and just talked about how he used to like hang his jersey to dry on. He didn't, but it was. And I'm not even trying to throw shade. I'm just, I'm just adding to this point. Like a, a lot of people did not know what it was, including some BYU players. It definitely didn't get passed around as much. Oh, a long time that, uh, I mean, Utah State's only had it a few times, but uh, those times that you have it, I mean, I always made the joke that a coach could lose every single game, but if they beat BYU, he'd probably get a raise. I mean, that's how much this means to like a Utah State player. I mean, Josh, it's funny you say that. I mean, when Matt Wells was coach at Utah State, in his contract, he'd get a bonus if he beats BYU. That's a real thing. (laughs) Um, In addition to some other schools. Sure. So, yeah. I I just have a little story here um, about my fondest memory that I I wrote down here. And funny enough, it's actually not about an Aggie win. And, um, you know, because, I mean, I'm tempted to talk about 2010, the DeAndre Burrell game, you know, where we finally got the wagon wheel back after, you know, 16 years. But 17. um, What's that? Yeah. 17 years. Yeah, my, my Aggie math was a bit off there. Sorry. Um, the, uh, but my, my, my favorite uh, rivalry game memory was back in 2002. And which was actually a, like I said, it was an Aggie loss, but I, I went with a friend. I'd let him buy the tickets. He was a BYU fan. So we ended up sitting in the midst of all the BYU, all the rest of the BYU fans. This was the most insane game I've ever been to. Um, the, the the Aggies had a pick six right the, right before halftime to go up thirty four to seven going into the half. The Aggies were up twenty seven points. This now this was Gary Croton's last season. Um, the fans around me were about to riot. Like they, they, Gary Croton may not have made it. They I mean the fans were ready to rush the field and carry Gary Croton out, and you know and, and put him on the bus and send him back home. Um, you know there was cougar on cougar crime happening in the stands next to me the, the cougar student body was standing up the fans behind the cougar fans behind him couldn't see they were about to get into a brawl the student volunteers that were the ushers there were not getting involved because they're like we're volunteers we're not getting in the middle of cougar fans arguing they they can cannibalize themselves and <laughs> it was just I, I mean it was insane and i was sitting there just with a smile on my face like the cat that ate the canary just happy um and it but uh, like i said i mean it was just dogs and cats living together mass inside that stadium (laughs) and it uh you know i i you know i i finally had to say i mean i i cannot explain how upset the cougar fans were and i finally stood up and (laughs) was like cougar fans calm down i have seen my aggies blow bigger leads than this Everybody just calm down and <laughs> relax. And it kind of, it was a bit, a bit oh, of levity. No. Everybody started laughing. And funny enough, the starting linebacker for BYU that year, I, I don't remember his first name. His last name was Volk, Valkenhorst, but his parents were sitting directly in front of me. And we just ended up talking the entire second half of the game and just having a great conversation. Um, you know, for the, for those who don't know, the Cougars actually came back and won 35 to 34 in that game. And, uh, you know, so broke our heart, went home disappointed. And, um, 
but yeah, that, like I said, that, that game was just insane. <laughs> and um, yeah, the, the, the Cougar fans were, were the, you know, the, <laughs> the C's were not happy that, that day, my friends, I, just, I can tell you that, but yes, Greg, I, 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 I can confirm. Sorry. <laughs> I just quickly, I can confirm everything Greg is saying. I was actually in attendance at the, at this game. It's probably about the last time I attended a uh, football game between BYU and USU and Logan, but uh, I can confirm. I left at halftime. I, I watched BYU come back and win from home. I, I, I had completely given up. I, I left at halftime. So it's your fault. I knew it. I distinctly remember Sorry. saying to, I was sitting next to Viagi, if you're on the USU message board, uh, Viagi, uh, at the game. And I remember halftime saying, we're going to lose this game. <laughs> and I just distinctly name. remember it. Oh, I'm so glad I was too young to care about that game at the time. It would have ruined me. Um, yeah, just I there. Sorry, Dan, I, I actually, uh, funny enough, I actually do know a player from that Aggie team who was in that game, though. Uh, Josh, do you, did you know uh, Nate Frederick? Yeah, he's a roommate of mine. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. He's my, uh, he's my aunt's brother. So, oh. I mean, you know. Got to know him a little bit. He's had some interesting stories. Yeah, that was that was a rough rough era. I was I was uh, waiting to go on my mission, and I was so proud of it, and just hype. You know, my uh, was just bragging to everybody. Hey, this is the college I just chose, and this is why you know Utah State over BYU. And then afterwards, I just got it all put back on me. So it was pretty rough. Mm. So you know, in Logan, they used to do National Tequila Day on the about Utah that. State would play BYU. And I don't know, maybe, Greg, you have some context on this because you are maybe a little, have been around a little bit longer, but the legend is, and this is, so in 1985, November 5th, Spencer W. Spencer w. Kimball passed away. And the Aggie-BYU game was on November 9th. And so, as you can imagine, with these two fan bases, they had a, a moment of silence. It's National Tequila Day, so during the moment of silence, someone in the crowd yells out, F-U-B-Y-U, and everyone in the stadium heard it. Well, Robbie Bosco comes out, leads a drive, and they score. The BYU just shoves it down Yoshi's throat right away and ends up winning that game 44 to nothing. That is a, an example. I think that might have been the end of National Tequila Day, but it's little nuggets like that, even if they're not in USU's favor, those uh, legends that I think are kind of fun to uncover in this rivalry because there, there's quite a few of those little moments. Maybe they're not as important to BYU fans because – uh, we're just a little brother, but uh, it's it's fun. There's there's some fun history in the rivalry, and as I said earlier, it's good when more of those stories are developed over time. It's good for everyone involved because I, I ultimately think that this is a healthier, not necessarily from a competitive standpoint, but from like a mental health of the fan base standpoint, it's a healthier rivalry than BYU Utah is. And if you were like looking at of these three teams who should play every year going forward, I think it should be Utah State and BYU. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hands down, hands down. I'm fine with that. I'm great to never play BYU. I'm great to never play Utah State again. Next, I'm good with that. Never again. <laughs> All right, let's go rapid fire here. And I want to hear from everybody, really kind of our last question here. Uh, score prediction, hot take, over, under. Name each three, do each three. Go score prediction first, your hottest take for the game. And lukewarm takes need not apply. And then are you taking the over or the under? What I'll is go the first. Over under for okay, reference. 
Okay. Uh, my score prediction in line with my recent keys article, I'm predicting a shootout more or less. I'm definitely taking the over on more than 50 points scored. Um, I'm predicting USU 34, BYU 28, but you know, depending on how mistakes go, that score could easily just be like, it could be the same score, but it could be BYU winning by one score. But I think in the home environment, I think I think Logan Bonner is going to have a really good game, and I think he's going to embarrass BYU's secondary. Over under sixty two now, by the way. Ooh, it opened at fifty and a half. It's moved to sixty two. Um, <laughs> gonna be some scoring. Wait, it's um, gone up eleven and a half points. Did you say fifty and a half up to sixty two? I'm confirming this on Vegas Insider as we speak. It opened at fifty and a half, and obviously, Sam, that's the number that he had because that's where it was. It's moved to sixty two, sixty two and a half. I would wow. take that over. <laughs> yeah, I'm still slamming that over. Yeah, both teams can score. Um, you'll appreciate this, Tanner. I was, I was thinking, um, in honor of your Utes, I was thinking Aggies thirty four, Utes. 31. I, I, I think that it'll be a, a pretty, pretty fun, fun game, hopefully high scoring um, on both sides. Uh, I mean, I mean, I, I would love it if it was just like 54 10. Right. But I think that both I think we can both respect that. I mean, these I mean, might be a hot take, but these look like two of the best teams in the state. But I will say Cam Rising. I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the Utes are, are looking better with, with, with him. But um, but but anyway, yeah, we'll never know. 34, 31. Yeah, score predictions. I think I have, I'm feeling really confident about BYU. I wanted to see, uh, you know, get an update on the injuries, especially to the key guys like Batty and Mahe, who were they're obviously in. out last week. And the fact that they're back is a huge win for BYU um, because those guys are, are key cogs on the defensive line. And we, we need to have them back. So the fact we've got them back, I've heard some rumblings that, um, you know, about the Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney, I honestly don't think it matters. I think we saw yeah. last week that Baylor Romney is a hell of a quarterback and the guy is just lethally accurate and he doesn't get credit enough for his arm. Like he's actually got some pretty good arm strength and zip on the ball. So yep. I think BYU is in a good place depth wise coming into this game. Obviously you lose Peely going into USF. And knowing that you've lost him for the year is a hit, but linebacker is one of our deeper positions. So, you know, you got Thule there and, and, you know, you've got Wilgar who I think is an exceptional player. So we're well, we're doing well there. We get the guys back on the D line, like Batty and Mahe is going to be a huge supplementation to our strength there and our depth. And I think BYU comes into this game pretty amped. I, I think people are sleeping, thinking BYU is sleepwalking into this game. If we've learned anything since uh, we've gone 14 and one over our last 15 games, it's that Kalani has these kids looking at, at a week at a time. Nobody's looking ahead. Nobody's thinking this opponent isn't going to come out and give us their best shot. Everybody knows that it, that a nationally ranked BYU team who's 13th in the country right now going into Utah state. Those fans are going to be amped up. Utah state is going to be amped up. This win would make their season, but they're not going to get it. BYU is going to come out. It's going to be aggressive. I think it's going to be a good battle the first half, probably a close game within seven to 10 points in BYU's favor. And then BYU really opens it up in the second half. I, my score prediction is BYU 35, uh, Utah State 21. All right, so I'll, I'll go. go ahead. 
Um, I'm going to go, if I want to, you know, not sleep on the couch, my wife is one of those that just hates BYU with, with every fiber of her being. So, um, even if I, as an analyst, I still think BYU is the toughest team Utah State's going to play. You know, I do think BYU will eventually, if I were to put money on it, I'd probably put it on BYU. But like I said, I don't want to sleep on the couch. So I'm going to go Utah State 35 32 um and i'm gonna so that i'm gonna take the over but uh if 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 i had to put money on it i'd probably put it on byu with a a small victory that's just me y'all jump in byu is not going to win their schedule is none of the teams they've played are impressive uh they've racked up 10 11 point wins over a bunch of cupcakes this game has a real 2014 feel to me. Take you back to 2014. Utah State lost at Arkansas State, Arkansas State team that I believe was coached by Blake Anderson. And, you are correct. <laughs> and they came in, and uh, Chucky Keaton was injured in that. He had been injured in that time frame, and so we were coming in uh, just really downtrodden, a game that the Aggies didn't think they should have lost, and coming in to play BYU, in, this one was in Provo. And uh, the Aggies came out and they were competitive and they won 35-20. And in honor of that game, I'm going to take the Aggies by 15. I think that there will be a little bit higher scoring than that. But, uh, yeah, this is – this is. I think Utah State's the best team that BYU has played thus far. And this new Blake Anderson coaching mentality, I've heard them in booster luncheons and things of that nature. And they're going to have used last week as a lesson because I felt like after the first three games, it was a team that felt like they could beat anybody that came in front of them. Then they got punched in the mouth and they finally got some film that they're going to be able to work against and clean up some mistakes. And as was discussed earlier, the the Aggies outgained Boise last week. Then they shot themselves in the in the crotch a few times and it was very bad. They didn't even shoot themselves in the foot. It was much worse than that. They are going to win. They're going to win soundly, and they're going to go into the bye week sipping Martinelli's apple cider. <laughs> General conference weekend. Can I go next? Hit it up. Cool. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, actually, because I think it's just going to be a lot of heat, and I think that um, it's games like these when there's when they're both like meeting an opponent that is different than what they've seen so far I mean obviously last week Utah State saw Boise State right but when it's going to be like a more even one I think that's when it leads to like more even or lower scoring so I'm I'm going 24-17 but I'm going to stick with the Aggies and I think um so that's the under right I didn't add that up but I'm pretty sure that's the under yeah, cool. <laughs> so I think the Aggies are going to take it though. Even if I had to put money on it, I would I would put it there for the Aggies. Also, I think his name hasn't been mentioned enough, Devin Tompkins. I know that we talked a lot about the run game, but I think he's still going to be a really important part of this game. Um, and that's not just because I think he's a cool dude and I've interviewed him a few times. I really do think he's going to be an important part of this game. So watch out. Agree with Paige. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I my my score prediction is uh, 24-28 Utah State. Um, just because gotta gotta root for the the team, you know, and 
put those vibes out there, but um, I think that they're both going to maybe get in each other's heads. And I just, I just want a, a clean game. I want a good game. So hopefully we can have that. Who's next? Any other predictions? Yeah, I got a 38-17 BYU, and then I'm going to take, uh, I guess, what is that, the under? I think that's the under base somewhere it's at right now. Yeah. But I, I – yeah. It would be, yeah. Yeah, I just – I don't think uh, BYU is going to come out flat. I think the offense comes out, and it's, it'll come up to the Utah State defense to shut them down, and I just don't think for a whole game they will. I think it'll be close going into the third quarter. Uh, midway through, I think BYU kind of turns on the Jets. Isaac, what do you got? What's up? I get nervous saying anything because I work in the athletic department. and I don't want any of this getting back to, you know, me saying something I shouldn't have said. So I'm too passionate. You know, I, I try to hide my credential at the games and I sit up in the stands with Jacob because I just, you know, I, I just don't want anyone to know that those things I said could come back to me. Um, like real talk, get real nervous. Jake's even probably heard me say some things that he could get me in trouble for. So I did that. that. I had that same thing when I worked for USU Athletics. We <laughs> should have just gnarly. given you a pseudonym or something. You could have just like used a totally <laughs> different name. Right, I should have. So <laughs> it's funny, you know, I mean, if if you're a fan of your team, you're never going to pick them to lose, right? I mean, come on. If you do, sure. then maybe you have greater self-awareness than the majority of the population on the planet Earth. But um, I'm thinking 35-28 Cougs. I think we do our typical. We come out, we play really well early. Uh, maybe you go up 14-0, 17-0. I don't know if our kicker can – never mind, I shouldn't say that. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so um, I think we go up early and we do our typical third quarter kind of almost collapse. And uh, and then I think uh, the one thing that makes me really, really uh, nervous is losing Keenan Peely in the run game is massive. He was our best run stopper on D. And uh, and he was the certainly the captain of the defense. And I think losing him kind of – we kind of lost our edge um, – uh, in terms of our ability to stop the run. And I think Utah State's running backs will start to see some holes open up towards the, towards that part of the third quarter. And I, I think we rotate our guys too much on defense. I think if you watch our D, we rotate those dudes literally every down. we got new guys coming in. And I think there's – I think, yeah, it's good for our conditioning maybe or for our lack thereof or keep our guys fresh. But I think there's a certain level of continuity that matters as well. So I'm going to go 35-28 Cougs. But uh, – you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a strong comeback from Utah State in the third and fourth quarter to make it real tight. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty similar as far as the score. I've got um, I've got 38-28 for BYU winning it, um, which I think is just under the line. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's going to be really tight for most of the game, and then. Like I think, like Isaac and somebody else said, BYU is going to hit their third quarter stride, and, and Utah State's not going to be able to stop it. Whoa, 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 whoa! Okay, what is this talk about a third quarter stride? Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement with you, Paige. I don't know what they're talking about. BYU was flat as a pancake against USF and against and come on against Arizona State. They totally Arizona lost cold for a while. A third, I'm sorry, I just don't know. Maybe it's the pregnancy. I don't know, but like, what is BYU been a third quarter team like that you've been that confident to say that? I don't know. Like Arizona games too. They went up big and then they stopped. This uh, chat is getting spicy, and I like it. 
one thing I'd call you on is that the the games that Air Force and Washington State that USU won where they weren't expected to win in preseason, they outlasted those teams. Like they're not as good athletically, but they are conditioned to like that was it's been a huge focus of the coaching staff is we're going to outwork and we're going to last longer than than whoever we play. And they did some pretty wild things through fall camp in terms of uh, and maybe every school does this. I don't know, but like sleep deprivation and all sorts of wild stuff that I hadn't heard about before, at least under the previous regimes here uh, to just get them mentally conditioned and physically conditioned to be able to outlast teams. And Air Force wears you down and uh, Utah State wore them down. Uh, everyone hates playing Air Force. And same thing with uh, Washington State. They were just more fit at the end. So this notion that the Aggies are going to get wore down by some elite four deep cougar team is fake news. Totally Dang, agree. Shots fired. I like you, Tyler. And the and the Cougars should not do um rush three drop eight in my opinion. I, I just feel like um we would eat that alive just kind of eat, like USF. We we have athletic guys, even though it's not just our quarterback, like our our the Aggies may not be as big as like the Cougars line, but I feel like we're pretty fast. So yeah, it's a good assessment. Good stuff there. Any other predictions before I drop mine? Nobody cares about yours. Is, is it a real prediction? Trolling <laughs> Oh yeah, let's hear it. You know, I'm. You know, Jen. Just for that, I'm adding an additional touchdown. <laughs> I BYU taking BYU rolls forty-two seventeen. Holy uh, crap! Yeah, yeah. It was that's, 35 That's self-awareness. This is because BYU beat Utah, so, like, Tanner doesn't He is still third salty. Place. I just don't you would think... Th- you would think agri- of the little brother you'd want to beat up on. It'd be the one that beat you, not the one I you don't, don't play. I just don't think our little agricultural brigade, brigade up north has what it takes. They're a little Mountain West school. <laughs> I mean, tell that to Washington State. I, I predict I'll okay, pay well, someone Washington $20 State to is absolutely terrible. Washington State yeah, they're terrible, was... but Utah was in position to lose. They yeah, but they didn't. You'll see Utah Utah finish with a decent record this year. They're, look, they're not winning the Pac-12. They're not going to the national championship. No one they'll, cares. They'll come out and they'll finish a lot stronger. <laughs> yeah, no one cares is... Utah to the stage. No, thank you. This is not about the, the Utes. Yeah, this, you're this, right, this, you're this right. podcast does not have a Pac-12 sticker on it. Then maybe we can talk about the Utes. Uh, Aggies are going to win it. Aggies all the way. way. Utah State, hey. Yeah, I think I'm going to say Hold on. I'm, I'm the only one who didn't give a prediction yet. All right. I was, all right. I was, I was, I was holding out. I gotta, I gotta say, I, I respect, I, I respect Tyler's hot take, but if, if none of the team, if BYU has been playing a cupcake schedule, then I mean, Utah State has had like a full-on ice cream Sunday. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know where it goes. Like, I don't know what's lower than a cupcake, but they, I mean, they, they've played an even softer schedule. Mini and cupcake. They, their defense is. <laughs> Mini, it's a mini cupcake. There you go. I say, I, I, I say this, Derek. I, I, I legitimately think Air Force is better than almost anybody BYU has played, and BYU's defense isn't much better than Utah State's. Like it just isn't statistically. 
Right. Well, if you're talking about yards, um, I mean, I mean, my hot take there is going to be I couldn't care less like how many yards and any given defense gives up. I mean, at the end of the day, the objective is to prevent a team from scoring. USF was the first time that they didn't do a super good job of that, but they played three teams before that that were better than USF, held them to 17 points each, roughly. So I, I'll you, give you think Arizona defense. is better than USF? Uh, okay. Well, that, that's fair. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and walk that one back. Arizona is the worst team on right. our schedule. USF is better than Arizona. I kind of, it was the first game. I already forgot about Arizona. Hmm. Um, but all in all, uh, if we're talking defenses, I'm going to give the slight edge to BYU's defense over Utah States. Uh, Cause I do think the quality of the schedule has been better for BYU than it has for Utah State so I think BYU has a better defense and so I think if it comes down to a shootout BYU is more likely to be able to hold Utah State in check uh, rather than the other way around I'm going to say 38-31 BYU so I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm not with Tanner on the blowout. I'm not super confident in the blowout. I don't know that BYU rolls. I think, uh, I think this is going to be a close game. It's going to be a tough game. Uh, I definitely think the fact that it's the first road test for uh, BYU in a couple of years is, is going to factor into it. But, uh, you know, I think ultimately they'll pull it out by a narrow margin. So I think that puts me over on the points. But uh, I, I think last time I checked, BYU was like a nine-point favorite. I don't, I don't think they win by that much. Derek, just out of curiosity, considering the Sagarin ratings, where would you put, where do you think that Utah State's strength of schedule is in comparison to BYU's? I honestly haven't looked at it, so you you would have to you would have to clue me in. I would tell you that Utah State's is 32 spots higher in terms of being tougher. So, and that's just one that's just one data point. I, I really believe now BYU is a good, great, they're I'm not, I don't know, good, great, somewhere in between there. They have the potential to have a great season. They are a good team. Arizona is otherworldly bad. Um, yes. Arizona state is not as good. They're not, I don't think Arizona state's great. They've beat bad teams. They beat, and, they beat a winless UNLV team and a one win Southern Utah team. Um, well, in and Colorado, then, that's and then, something. And South Florida is not is not good. So I think we're going to learn a lot about who these two teams are. We're going to learn about Utah state, how they bounce back from a loss, uh, how they, it's another chance to go up against good competition. Boise is a good team. BYU is a good team. And it's going to be a really good measuring stick to see where both programs are at this given moment. And um, that's what's, that's what the fun is going to be about it. But yeah, I, the, I agree. The nature of the fact that, BYU beat ranked teams two weeks in a row. Neither of those teams deserve to be ranked. They're, they're ranked for preseason expectations reasons. So I'm, I'm excited to see where we're at at the end of the day Friday. Awesome. That's a fair point. I, I think that's a good assessment. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that wraps up our questions, everybody. Thanks for those. Uh, I'll just turn the time back over to, to Dan, I guess, to, to wrap everything up. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's been fun. We've talked over now. I think some of had to boogie but props to you guys that have stayed on and and ho- hopefully like you, you know i i'm actually running a race on saturday morning i, I have to wake up at 4 a.m but i'm planning on staying up late so hopefully you, no matter what the score is like you, we all just like support our team no matter what and and yeah that the winner will will be able to drink their 
what, what, what do they say? They're uh, uh, apple cider, sparkling cider, and the loser. Martinelli. Yeah, we'll, we'll just we'll just be on to the next week, right? Uh, the Aggies have a bye next week, so that'll be nice. We can see um, BYU will be playing Boise, so so that'll be two teams we played face each other. Interesting to see how that happens, but but yeah, thanks everyone and. Yeah, looking forward to seeing where the wagon wheel ends up on Friday. It's going to be used well, for hanging too. towels for another year. I want that wagon wheel. <laughs> you're you're right not... that it will be used to hang towels for another year. It just it it will be that case no matter which locker room it's in. Hey, let's not forget this is also likely for the uh, Beehive Boot as well. The uh, illustrious Beehive Boot. Oh yeah, does that actually exist <laughs> physically? It it physically exists. It's in USU's trophy case, and it hasn't been played for since 2012. That's I was going to say I competed for it on NCAA football back in the day, but I don't <laughs> didn't know it was a physical trophy. No, it used to be the physical trophy between Utah and USU. But I mean, you know, this is why we can't have nice things anymore. Thanks, Utah. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys, for listening to another episode of the Hive Sports on this special crossover pod between the USU Aggies and the BYU Cougars um, for Cause Monday and for Big Blues Day. Definitely enjoy the game this weekend, and thank you so much for listening. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.